listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, I'm going to talk to you about exposing the chaos and confusion in our present, current physical world reality, and exposing that by shining the light of truth, shining the light of God's word, God's knowledge into the areas that could be called intellectual or spiritual or even emotional or psychological chaos, darkness, and confusion. True knowledge is power. True truth produces freedom. It is lies. It is deception. It is deceit. It is psychological and spiritual manipulation that not only produce spiritual darkness, but they always, the historical guarantee or the historical promise to you is that they will always bring in totalitarianism, dictatorships, the loss of freedom, poverty, brutality, and cruelty on a level that's staggering. Just look at communist Russia, communist China, and former Nazi Germany. Now, when God created Adam and Eve, he created Adam and Eve, or mankind, it says in Genesis, in the image of God, he, God, created them, Adam and Eve, both male and female. So the, the character traits of Adam and Eve all come, or are all rooted from God. So Adam and Eve are created in the image of God. That means God possesses, God is not confused about his sexual identity. God clearly defines his sexual identity by his choice of words. He talks about God the Father. He doesn't have a political agenda. The Heavenly Father is called a father. It's, it's not sexism or some anti-woman statement or whatever. The Heavenly Father is a father. Um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then the biblical God is the triune God, or the God of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So when God makes man, and in this case it starts with Adam and Eve, when God makes man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them both male and female. So the sexual identity of Adam and Eve is distinct and individualistic. They're not a blend. They may have similarities, but they're not a blend. So that's why it says, in the image of God, he created them both. He created them both. Who? Who is the both? Adam and Eve. He created them both, male and female. Male and female. There are two genders. Now, in a pluralistic, secular society, you can choose to be anything you want to be. Now, I don't have to agree with it, but I certainly don't have the right to try to impose somebody's beliefs on you and tell you and tell you, you can't be this or you can't be that. But that, that has to do with law and what is legal. The other process is what is biologically true, what is genetically true. What is true in terms of DNA? What is true in terms of the anatomy of any individual or being before surgery or after surgery or whatever? What, if we want to know the sexual identity of any individual, it can immediately be known um, by 
a legal and medical examination of their anatomical structure. And you see clearly, um, depending upon the age category, you see clearly that there are the male sexual reproductive organs and there are the female sexual reproductive organs. And it's when the two come together. It's, you know, this is such a powerful revolutionary truth, but it's also a scientific and biological truth. So when the two become one flesh, that's a biblical term. That means when a man and a woman, and if you have young kids, uh, you know, I can't, be, I, I'm not the parent you are. So I'm giving you a heads up that we're going to be discussing for a few minutes human sexuality and human sexual identity. And you need to make the call of whether or not it's appropriate for your child. And if you, if you, you know, I try to be as tasteful as possible, but I don't want to infringe. Unlike an educational monopoly, I don't want to infringe upon your rights to raise your child or children according to your belief system. We, we have come down the long road of tyranny and totalitarianism, where we have now come to the place where government and educational systems and school systems and churches are now dictating to parents what they can teach their children in terms of human sexuality and what they can teach their children in terms of um, human sexual identity. Now, remember, those people have a philosophical and spiritual worldview that is radically different than, than you and I. We would have basically a biblical worldview based on the Bible. They don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe in the God of the Bible. Therefore, their worldview is based on the moral relativism of secular humanism, atheism, and transhumanism. Their belief system uh, removes any philosophical concept of moral absolutes, such as an absolute right and an absolute wrong. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. And then we can see that through the anatomy. The anatomy is the product of intelligent design and intelligent engineering. If you look at the sexual anatomy and the reproductive organs and, and the associated anatomy, that goes into making babies, not just conceiving babies, not just, and now here we begin with some questionable material, so you've been warned, not just sexual intercourse, but sexual intercourse as a means of uniting the egg and the sperm, conceiving a baby, either a boy or a girl. And the means of conception is the, the bioengineered and biodesigned anatomical structure, womb, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, you know, to, to say that this all happened by random chance, you know, over a period of 300 million years, just the wind blowing across the dark holes of the galaxies, the radioactive winds from a dying solar system, uh, randomly rushed against each other, the minerals and the electrical charges in the minerals over hundreds of millions of years produced a genetically profound, a DNA profound 
an anatomical structure, a reproductive system and structure that is at such a high level in terms of biological engineering and programming that it is, it's mind-blowing. And so to dare to say to God and to say to yourself and society that this all happened by random chance, you have to be a stark, raving, mad psychotic on an intellectual level. You've got to be, like, out of your mind. The examination of the anatomy, the biological differences between a male and a female in the process of making babies and conception and birthing babies, etc., etc., is such a vast body of knowledge and biological engineering that there's no way it's accidental or coincidental. Okay. So, but secular humanists do not believe in God, so they're not going to, despite the overwhelming testimony of the facts, the science, and the engineering, despite all of that factual evidence, they are going to arbitrarily defy logic, rebel against truth, and with no logic or rationale or reason or scientific evidence whatsoever to support their thesis of Darwinian evolution, they are going to maintain the fairy tale of Darwinian evolution, despite the fact that they don't have one single scientific proof based on empirical evidence that says Darwinian evolution is true. We have scientific proof. They have no scientific proof. So people are who they are as represented in their biological identity. Now I want to pause for a moment. We have to come to the place where we understand that the author of the Bible is not a human being, a mortal being. The author of the Bible is not some entity or fallen angel or angel or spirit or, or mystical force. Those categories of beings do not represent the author of the Bible. The author of the Bible is the infinite personal living God of the universe, the Creator God, capital C. And what this creator God has done is that he proves, time and time again, he proves with overwhelming evidence to the world and to people who are scientists, etc. He proves his existence. He proves his reality. Because if you examine his creation and the process of conception, etc., etc., scientifically, you are provided with overwhelming documentation and overwhelming proof that the God of the Bible, the Creator God, did indeed create mankind, despite the fact that in our present world system, they're in rebellion uh, from that. Okay, so the people who are running our world, this is important. This is why you need to get a copy of my books and have Bible studies with them and share them and make sure you get the book back and circulate it. We ha- I have discounts on my books to help you do that, and it will educate you at like hyperspeed, and you'll, and you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it, because knowledge is power, and the right kind of power is fun, because it'll set you free. So, God creates the world, planet Earth, mankind, and God creates mankind, men and women, in the image of himself, both male and female. Now, when you go back thousands and thousands of years ago, The entire system of creation, when it comes to like living animals, birds, fish, men, women, whatever, they all have an anatomy 
and a biological engineering system that allows them to reproduce. This is not a secondary truth in the eyes of God. This is a front and center truth. Because what God has said to mankind and what God said to all of creation from the very beginning, he commanded them. He commanded mankind and he commanded all of creation. He said to them, be fruitful and multiply, which means reproduce and multiply after your own specific kind or your own specific DNA code or your own specific genetic code. In other words, men and women who are human beings are to reproduce, and when they're fruitful and multiplying, they're reproducing and making uh, more and more human beings. Now, you disobey God's commandment when you try to uh, have a hybrid uh, uh, interaction between, let's say, fallen angel DNA and, and human women DNA. That's a transgression of the commandment of God. You're, you're, you're breeding a hybrid race of Nephilim human-female DNA. And when that happens, the babies that are the product of that reproduction are no longer technically, they can no longer technically be defined as human beings. Because in order to be a 100% certifiable human being, you must have DNA which says that you're 100% human, and your DNA is 100% human. The minute you violate the law of God and you try to mate with an animal or use science, there are secret laboratories in the world right now where they're mating human DNA with animal DNA, where they're mating Nephilim and Rephium DNA with human DNA. In, if you go to the, our Roku channel at paulmcguire.us, there's a short segment in, in one of the messages that I'm giving up on uh, Malibu. I'm standing on, the, on, the, on a hill overlooking the Pacific Ocean, and the geographical location is Malibu. So I'm being filmed, and, and kind of a rainy mist is coming down. But I, I want to finish my comments as they're being videotaped. So I'm essentially walking backwards while I'm being videotaped and looking into the camera and speaking into the camera to finish up my message. And even though a mist comes in, and even though I have to walk backwards, I do it anyway. In the process of walking backwards up there in Malibu, as I'm walking backwards and, and finishing up the last few sentences of my message, which is on Bible prophecy, it's like I have this, for lack of better words, it's like I have this supernatural insight, supernatural understanding, an overwhelming intuitive sense and an overwhelming spiritual sense of the existence and the reality of secret laboratories that are involved in genetic engineering, DNA transformation, hybrid breeding the breeding of uh, human uh, beings with animals and fallen angels and all kinds of evil stuff. So it's very hard for me to, to use simple vocabulary to describe to you what happened. But I'm going to be very quick about it, but simply say that it was like, as I'm walking backwards, delivering the message 
on prophecy up, up on the cliffs of Malibu on the Pacific Coast here in California. Simultaneously, as I'm talking, it's like windows and barriers that I cannot see with my physical senses are blown open. Things that are hidden, I'm suddenly, there. as I'm walking backwards, it becomes apparent to me that there are many things that are hidden that, that are, in a sense, being revealed to me. I'm able to see into things and places, and I have what can only be described as a heightened supernatural awareness of, I'm so certain about it, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, and it's very disturbing, because I, it's like part of me is in these secret laboratories where they're breeding men and women with animals and fallen angels and other horrific genetic experimentation. And all I have, and I believe the Lord gave all of that to me in the following manner, so I would be protected from any potential danger or retribution. Let me explain what I mean. Assuming laboratories like that exist and are doing what many people say that they're doing, if you were to know the physical location, or if you were to know physical facts and physical evidence about what's going on in those laboratories, what nation they're located in, what corporate entities own them and finance them, and, and where they are physically and geographically, that would put you in enormous threat and danger because you would have access to to military assets that, that possess enormous power as weapons, to uh, militarize science that has both peaceful applications, genetic research applications, and, and military warfare, biological warfare applications. That puts you in tremendous harm's way, because you would be a walking file of classified material and the enemies of our country, or some kind of well-financed independent terrorist or whatever, uh, would attempt to pursue you or whatever to gain the location of the laboratories, the specific information. So I believe that the Lord deliberately withheld from me, which he did, he deliberately withheld from me any geographic location, any specifics. I didn't know any specifics. In fact, even when I had this acute sense and awareness of being in these laboratories, I can't tell you any, even the most remote visual description. And it's kind of like contradictory, but there's nobody's face that I can remember. There's no building that I can remember. There's no street name or telephone number. So what God was doing is he was protecting me from danger because I don't possess any secret or top secret information. He gave me a generalized understanding not a specific one, in order to protect me, in order to protect others, so that one of these laboratories wouldn't be broken into, let's say, by terrorists and used on the population of a nation. So the Lord gave me a generalized, supernatural understanding that these laboratories were real, that they were functioning and operating, and then I had the awareness that they were doing uh, hybrid breeding between human beings and fallen angels and uh, animal DNA and human DNA. And, and, and no specifics and, and no, you know, uh, 
no scientific facts or procedures or instruments, none, none of that. It was just an overwhelming awareness that as I was walking backwards uh, on the cliffs of Malibu and the rain mist was coming in, it was like I had a combination of a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. Those are gifts of the Spirit in which I was made aware, aware of the evil of these things that were, were in operation. God was reminding me. I already knew it intellectually through research. I mean, anybody who researches these the subjects knows that these places exist. But I believe God was supernaturally exhorting me, supernaturally warning me, because this, this is highly evil in the sight of God and highly dangerous to the world. I believe God was using this as a way to bring my attention to it in a generalized way, and that God was using this to warn me so that I could teach and exhort the body of Christ and true Christians and people who are concerned, no matter what their religion is. Uh, and want to protect the unborn, want to protect the sanctity and sacredness of people's DNA, and want to protect the sanctity and sacredness of both young children, boys and girls, etc. Because God has an amazingly passionate and pure love for little children. In fact, Jesus said to the people of his time, that if any of you call any of these little cause, any of these little ones, these young ones, to stumble. So what Jesus Christ is saying to the people of his time, if they were a religious leader, a Bible teacher, a political leader, whatever, community leader, he was warning them, if you are using your power and, and resources to, to mess with the minds of young children and cause them to reject their faith in my word and belief in the true God. If you're responsible for that, if you are responsible for your actions and you've caused little ones to stumble and fall away from the reality of God, all the bad things that may happen in their life because of your evil decisions and evil works, I'm going to personally hold you accountable for the fate of the children and you are going to receive my divine punishment and judgment for using your power and resources to cause the little children to stumble. So in one fell swoop, that would include just about every educational system, a huge percentage of the teachers, publishers, churches, government agencies, the United Nations agencies, and you can go on and on and on. So now this applies directly to the existence of these secret laboratories, because let's say you take you have a human woman with human DNA, and in the laboratory, she is artificially impregnated with uh, Nephilim or fallen angel DNA. So she gives birth to a non-human baby. She gives birth to a synthetic human being, or what they call a synth, S-Y-N-T-H. And this destroys the fact that this child is born now as, as authentically a non-human being, this destroys not only their present tense identity, it destroys their, it destroys possibilities in the realm of their eternal future and for all eternity. Because according to the Word of God and the law of God, the only beings that 
can enter the kingdom of heaven. The only beings that can experience salvation by faith and have their sins cleansed by the blood of Jesus, the only beings that can receive the gift of free life, of, of free of eternal life by putting your faith in Jesus Christ, and you become born again, and you will live for all eternity in heaven in a brand new glorified body. That, all of those fantastic things, and that, of course, is a description of heaven, all of those fantastic things are uh, only available to human beings with 100% uh, uh, verified human DNA or human genetic code. Non-human, God declares in his word that if a being, a fish or whatever, a monkey or a so-called human being, doesn't have human DNA, then it's not human. And the offer of salvation, the offer of eternal life, is only available to human beings with 100% certifiable human DNA and 100% certifiable uh, human being genetic code. And that's very powerful. So the great rebellion that's happening in our world today, in America and the rest of the world, you, you see on one level, it's a physical reality world rebellion. And when you look at, look at it on a deeper level, you see that it's a spiritual warfare rebellion with eternal consequences. And it, it, it involves the fate of mankind, both men and women. And it, the only way to understand the enormity of everything that's going on is to understand this foundational scriptural truth. And that is that the God of the Bible, the Creator with a capital C, is that God is love, spiritual love, agape love, the love of Jesus Christ. So the primary takeaway fact is that God is love. And everything God does is based on his love for people and mankind. For God, so, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what we learn about God the Creator is that his, his agape love, Christ-like love for mankind, is so enormous that it is his consuming spiritual de- desire that every child of a human being DNA that has been created that they would all accept salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. They would all become born again by faith in Jesus Christ, and they would have their sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. And as human beings who are born again, or when they die, they will immediately be allowed to enter heaven, and they will have received the free gift of eternal life. But that free gift of eternal life is exclusively available and only available to human beings with 100% human DNA. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. You need to visit right now, just for a couple of seconds, visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Take advantage while we have this big discount program on the books, like Power From On High. Order your copy and other books now, and we'll be back in just a second. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. You need to spread this message far and wide and educate people. Get them up to speed because this has a very powerful negative impact 
on their lives and their children and their grandchildren's lives. Okay, so the people that control the United Nations are the globalists, the World Health Organization, the uh, international banking families, the trillionaires, the billionaires, and they are conspiring through the usage of um, biological sciences, genetic sciences, artificial DNA, vaccinations. They are using the health industry, the medical biological industries as one of their primary global networks of which they, they, they disguise the real intent of everything that they're doing. They act like it's good and wonderful, and we're here to feed the world, you know. John Lennon, imagine there's no heaven, and, you know, food for everybody, and we're going to share the wealth equally. And, of course, all of those are just, like, totally rotten lies. Because, because based on their present performance, these billionaires and trillionaires and international banking families, etc., based on their present performance, they aren't giving away anything. So you'd have to be flat out of your mind to believe that in the future, they're going to give away all their wealth, their yachts, their land, and their property to you. Why should they give it to you? That's just, that's to pacify you. Just think of a, a crying child that can't stop crying. You're sitting on an airplane, and you're trying to get some sleep in your seat. And the seat behind you, the, the mother is, I guess it's her first child. She's an inexperienced mother. And, and her baby is just wailing away and crying and driving everybody crazy and annoying. So. Another mother on the plane sterilizes as best she can a, pa- a pacifier, and she gives it to the mother, and the mother puts the pacifier in the crying baby's mouth, and all of a sudden the crying baby is sucking the pacifier and stops crying, and there's some momentary peace on the, on the jet. Well, the globalist elite are using pat- psychological pacifiers and giving them out to Americans and Europeans and the human race. Psychological pacifiers are these wondrous promises, which are in actuality bold-faced lies about how the, how the globalist elite, with all their money, are going to build heaven on earth for you to live in. I mean, really, really, get a grip. Are you so stupid? I'm not talking about you, the listener of the Paul McGuire Report. I'm talking about drive-by listeners. I'm asking you a question. I'm looking at you in the eyes. Are you so stupid that you actually believe? I could take you through ghettos in New York and L.A. and, and gang members and street hustlers and, and people who live, you know, not on the street, but the people who, who live in that environment. They have enough brain power and they have enough common sense to understand that this is a big hustle and a lie and that these super wealthy people have no intention whatsoever of sharing their wealth with you. And they laugh at you. They think you're an idiot. And you are an idiot if you believe those lies. When, when Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, and other people of the WEF said these words regarding the, the global reset, when, when that's all put to place in the next year or two, um, they said, you will, uh, when the global reset is all up and running, they said, you will own absolutely nothing but you will never be happier than you've been in your whole life. So they're promising you, listen carefully, heaven on earth, they're telling you in advance, you're not going to own anything. You're not going to own a house, a car, nothing. 
It's all the people's property. It's all Commons property. Now, the, 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 the irony, the wicked irony of this is that this has played out through history, through nu- numerous communist and socialist and Marxist revolutions. And it's always a nightmare. It always means hundreds of millions of people being shot to death, tortured, murdered. All these communist Marxist revolutions, they say the same exact thing as the people in the global reset say. They, they, say, they say workers of the world or, or, or lower class workers of the world, middle class, unite. And if you unite and join us in our communist revolution or Marxist revolution, uh, we are going to make sure that the, that the wealth is equally distributed. You'll have equal access to great health care, equal access to great education. You will own nothing, but you'll never be happier than your life because we will you know, bring total social justice. And then they actually come out and look at the workers and the naive people and, and the college students and tell them, they lie to them and say, um, this, we're going we're gonna to make heaven on earth for you to live in. You're going to live in a paradise on earth or a heaven on earth. And here's the thing. All of that is one gigantic lie to be used as a pacifier stuck in a baby's mouth to shut you up so you'll stop whining and they can get on with their business of total domination and total control and total dictatorship. And they are going to share absolutely no wealth. If they had any even remote intention of sharing the wealth, they're fully aware of this this economic figure because they designed it. So let me give it to you. It's in my books. I explain it in Power from on High, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. The Day the Dollar Died, A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, and other books you can get at paulmcguire.us. Now, listen to this. They know the game is rigged. So they're promising you heaven on earth. All the communist Marxist revolutions are promising heaven on earth, which is exactly word for word what the global reset and the globalists are promising the middle class, the working class, minorities, etc., etc. They're promising the masses of people the same exact thing that communists and Marxists promised the people before they launched their bloody revolutions in those nations like Russia and China and stuff. And in those revolutions, they promised to give them heaven on earth. And, and nothing could be further from the truth. So now they're telling college students and, you know, idiotic professors and idiotic people and the dumbed-down masses that we're going to give you heaven on earth. Okay, let me say, say that in the books that I've written, I prove with documentation, simple to understand, Quotes and explanations. I teach you and show you in a very fast moving and simple style that I think will grip you and it will energize you because it's truth. And I will show you and I will reveal to you and I will prove to you with 100% facts that their plan is to imprison you and take everything you ever had and your life will be hell on earth. And they have not even the most remote intention of making it heaven on earth. That is a lie. Remember who they serve. They've already told, you know, get a clue. They have already told you they don't believe in God. That means whether they cop to it or not, they believe in Satan. Who is Satan? Satan is the father of lies. So they are one with the father of lies. What and who inspires their communist Marxist revolutions is Lucifer and Satan. I explain this in my book. This is the secret 
agenda hidden in the in the in the United Nations and the World Health Organization and the New World Order and the One World Government and the One World Religion and the One World Economic System. You can go to the UN website and related websites, and if you dig around to like the the Lucis Trust, which used to be called Lucifer Trust, the publishing arm for Satanism at the UN. You go to that, you can see the documentation. You can see word for word their plans for Satanism for a one world global satanic state that the Bible tells us will be ruled by the Antichrist and the false prophet. And so they disguise their lies. That's what spiritual deception is. That's what spiritual deception is. And because the church in America, because the middle class in America, because the working class in America, that means police officers and teachers and, you know, nurses and any kind of profession, pastors, because all these people in America have chosen to believe the lie that there is no God, have chosen to reject the truth of the Bible, have chosen to reject biblical principles, because they believed the lie and allowed themselves and their children and grandchildren to be programmed by the great lie. What's the great lie? It's talked about in the Bible. The great lie is the time in Bible prophecy where the whole world will fall under a great delusion, a great spiritual blindness. And even those who are supposed to be Christians and Christian churches, there will be a great, great falling away from the truth of God's Word. And this great, great falling away of the truth of God's word among Christians is called the great apostasy or the great falling away. That's what's going on now in America and the EU and other places. There's a great deception, the great delusion, the great apostasy. And what that means is there's a great falling away. And because there's no truth, communism, which is satanically energized, is allowed to deceive people. And the way you deceive people is you, you don't really come out and tell people what you're doing. You disguise it. You create new words, new language, so you can lie. You want to make your lie seductive. You want to make your lies believable. So you create these mythologies and these programs and all these promises based on lies, one lie after another lie. This goes all the way back to the time of the Pharaoh God Kings that I wrote about in my books. It goes back to the uh, lies of mystery Babylon in the time of the Tower of Babel in ancient Babylon, and in the book of Revelation, when you read the, about the return of mystery Babylon and the collapse of a global system because it's built on the lies of Lucifer. Okay, now, the World Health Organization is part of the global government and the UN. Many of them are Luciferians. In fact, I, I talk about it and explain it in my book, Power From On High. When you walk into the offices of the World Health Organization, I think it's the executive boardroom, you see all the big shots, like the head of who and stuff like that, and you see a giant statue, and it's the Hindu statue of the Lord Shiva doing this ceremonial dance. And Shiva is known as the Great Destroyer. The great destroyer. So ask yourself the question, why would the United Nations and the World Health Organization, they're responsible for vaccines and keeping people alive and ending pandemics, 
why would they have a giant statue of a Hindu pagan god known as Shiva the Destroyer in their boardroom? And, and what Shiva declares about itself is that it's the destroyer of worlds. It's a death spirit. It's a very high-level principality and power that is a death spirit that is connected to other dimensions. In this movie about Robert Oppenheimer, who I studied when I was a kid because I wanted to be a physicist, Oppenheimer was a physicist. He was the physicist that ran the Manhattan Project where the American military raced to build the atomic bomb before our enemies did. And there, near where they detonated the test explosions of the first atomic bombs in, I believe it was Alamogordo in the desert of New Mexico, they detonated these atomic bombs. And there was a giant statue moved there by Robert Oppenheimer, the, the physicist. And it's a statue of the god or goddess Shiva, the Hindu god, the destroyer of worlds. So why do you have this, why are you worshiping this idol, this idolatrous statue of mass death, and placing this statue near every portal into another dimension, which would allow demons to come in from another dimension and enter our present physical world reality dimension and unleash mass death and destruction. And and you open that, you open the portals by means of rituals, ancient rituals that that began with Mystery Babylon and, and before, which I, I talked to you about. I explain it to you in simple terms in my books, Power from on High and Prophecy of the Future of America and The Greatest Battle and the other books. I explain this to you. You need to know what's going on. And then you take the CERN Aldrin Collider, that gigantic circular tunnel in, I think it's Basel, Switzerland. And, and what they do is they fire subatomic nuclear particles in this collider. So they actually use the word collider because subatomic nuclear particles are forced to accelerate at high speeds. And when they collide into one another on the subatomic level, it cracks open a portal or doorway in another dimension, which releases the energy and power of the equivalent of a hydrogen bomb, but also it opens a portal into another dimension, which allows for the entrance of high-level demonic entities and principalities and powers like Shiva, the, the god or goddess of destruction, depending upon your theological interpretation. You need to get up to speed on this can't wage spiritual warfare if you don't know that you have to bind with spiritual authority and intercessory prayer specific demons and principalities and powers. They have to be bound and sentenced to the lake of fire. If, if the church is not using its supernatural authority in Jesus Christ out of neglect or ignorance, then the, the, the demon gods like Baal and Ashtaroth and Moloch are, are running amok like they are in America. You think that all this stuff that's going on simultaneously, for example, they tore down because terrorists in the Middle East attacked uh, ancient altars and temples of Baal worship and Ashtaroth worship, but especially Baal worship. And in Baal worship, you sacrifice your children to the, the false god Baal, 
they're burnt alive, and then you ask Baal to bless you materially or give you victory over your enemies or whatever. But but the way Baal will release power and, quote, blessing to you is when you sacrifice babies or children or your own children. Now, that's evil. Again, you see, and I talk about this in my book, is it was happening during the French Revolution, even though the philosophers behind the French Revolution were very sophisticated, like Rousseau, you know, author of the, the idea of the noble savage, the philosophers behind the Enlightenment, logic and reason. Outwardly, outwardly, they presented themselves as polished, intellectual gentlemen. But inside, they were like ravenous wolves. They pathologically hated with a satanic lust. Christians, churches, pastors, ministers, and during the French Revolution, they held orgies in the Christian churches, and they would get, mobs of people would get drunk and have orgies and burned down churches, and, and, and they yielded to an Antichrist spirit taking over France through humanism. This same Antichrist spirit migrated from Paris, France, to places like Communist China, Communist Russia, Communist Cuba, other communist nations, because humanism is the spiritual mother of communism. You understand that? And so then as you keep tracing the migration of the demonic spirit of Baal, the actual altar, or a big percentage of the altar of Baal, is actually physically located on the property of the mayor's house in Lower Manhattan. So why would the elites in Manhattan want to bring in from another country? Why would they want to bring into America actual architectural pieces of the Temple of Baal? It wasn't for educational purposes. It was for the purposes of conducting rituals to open the doorway into another dimension, to open portals into another dimension, which allowed for the entrance in of demonic entities like the Lord Shiva and principalities and powers. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. You need to get up to speed on this stuff. You got to. You say, well, what does this have to do with me? When we come back, I'm going to illustrate to you a short story about a person that I met and how these truths impacted his life in a radical way. And I think it will open your eyes to the danger, but also open your eyes to the power God has given you, the supernatural power or power from on high, which will enable you to defeat your spiritual enemies if you possess that spiritual power by faith. Visit PaulMcGuire.us. That's PaulMcGuire.us. This is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Okay, so um, I was ministering at a large church on the uh, East Coast, New York area, I don't know, about 15, 20 years ago. And uh, I ended up talking with a gentleman who was, uh, he was a businessman, but he was associated with the church. And he was extremely upset and grieving. And his friends uh, told me why. His son, you know, who, who was raised a Christian, was in rebellion and had now rejected and walked away from God. But to make matters worse, his son began to experiment with mind-altering drugs and psychedelic drugs. Uh, 
And one of the chemicals of these psychedelic drugs is called DMT. And in my book, Power From On High, I talk about my own experiences and research into the area of psychedelic drugs, along with spiritual warfare. In any case, DMT, in some respects, opens portals into supernatural dimensions in in a more evil way, let's say, than LSD or mescaline or whatever. And so when his son was experimenting with DMT, which can be found in in, in an, an assortment of psychedelic drugs, when his son was experimenting with DMT, it opened a door in a portal in his life, and an actual demonic entity, and that's kind of how he described it, an actual demonic entity came into his son's life and had, had been leading and guiding his son and, and directing his son's life so that this D, DMT demon or this D, DMT entity was controlling and dominating in a very demonic way the life of his son, which is getting worse and worse and worse. Now, I have read about that a lot. When you take psychedelic drugs, and I talk about this in my book, Power From One High, when you take psychedelic drugs, you're opening portals. You may not like the demonic entity, the demon, or whatever that comes through the portal. Because if you don't know about spiritual warfare and putting on the full armor of God and your authority in Christ, you are going to be a victim of that demonic entity. These demonic entities are not mythological. They're very real. That's why some of the most brilliant scientists in the world, like Robert Oppenheimer and the heads of the World Health Organization and the CERN-Aldrin Collider, you know, it's not just an accident that they have these giant statues of the goddess Shiva dancing the de- dance of death and destruction. There's, they have very, very large statues of the goddess Shiva in the World Health Organization and other places. But when you go to the CERN-Aldrin Collider, they have a really, really large, giant statue of the goddess Shiva, the destroyer of worlds. And why is that? Because these technologies, like atomic bombs, like weapons of mass destruction, like pandemics, and yes, like the psychedelic drugs, etc., these technologies open portals into the invisible realm, which allows an entranceway for these demonic entities and these fallen angels to come through into the earth realm, where they want to control mankind and where they want to control individuals. So this father, I didn't get a chance to talk to him. This was many years ago, but I've prayed for him privately since then. And he had a great burden, but but after I had met with him, it was, I guess, several months later, I, I believe this came from the Lord, the thought occurred to me that he already knew the answer to what he needed to do. But sometimes when, when we're in a spiritual war and it's too close to us, we, we, we don't think as clearly as we ought to. And what the Lord impressed upon my heart was that he needed to do this. Now, I'm sure he knows this truth, but he needs to do it anyway. And, he, and you don't stop doing it until you see the results, whether that's one year or 30 years. You don't stop praying as the Lord would have you pray until you have the result and the answer to your prayer. In this case, you want to drive the DMT, demonic entity, out of your son, son's life. So the way you defeat the DMT demon is you take authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ, 
you get other Christians to pray, and you continually pray in intercessory prayer warfare, fasting, praying, using your authority in Christ. And you pray into the invisible realm, and you take authority and command that demon to leave your son or somebody else's son or daughter's life. And you don't let up. Whether you see an immediate physical answer or not is not the issue. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You keep at it, you keep at it, using your authority in Christ, until the connection is severed. The chains of darkness are broken between the DMT demon or whatever kind of demon you're battling with. See what I'm saying? It's simple, but sometimes we forget to do the basics. And it's actually childlike simple. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that I get a chance to meet with, I run into this guy again. And I want to share this with him, not because I'm some great guru or savior. It's just I want to, rem- and I know he knows the word God. I just want to remind him and encourage him that I've seen countless numbers of people delivered from external demonization or internal demon possession. And even though a portal was opened through a psychedelic component called DMT and allowed a demon into this physical world that is trying to control his son's life. That, that evil can be undone. That curse can be broken. That, that spiritual uh, assault can be shattered by using your authority in the name of Jesus. Because this stuff is increasing in the world that we live in. So you have so many people involved in witchcraft. You have people flying down to South America and Africa to take the exotic ayahuasca psychedelic or herb and ketamine and you name it, psychedelic drugs. But remember, psychedelic drugs, depending upon the dosage and the type of drug, have the potential of opening portals or, or doorways into other dimensions, which can bring demonic entities in. When you read the story, so there are several stories in the Bible that I want to briefly talk to you about, and we're going to do it in just a moment. Hey, we are moving forward aggressively. It's a battle for the hearts and minds of mankind. That means people like that guy's son and your children and daughters, etc. The only way we can win this spiritual battle and see it turn around in America and around the world is to win as many people to Jesus Christ as we can, to teach the Word of God understandably, to engage in intercessory prayer warfare and exercise our authority in Jesus Christ, to develop a biblical worldview, and to make sure we're clothed with power from on high. And we're not to be passive or indifferent or la-di-da in the presence of demons. We're to drive demons out of whatever area God has put us in charge of. Now, let me read you something that the Bible teaches regarding this. Okay, so in the book of Genesis, um, Genesis chapter 11, it talks, it gives an account, an historical account, of the Tower of Babel, or Babel. And that was built by the ruler of that city, Nimrod, who's a type of the Antichrist. The, the, the world system, or what is known as Mystery Babylon, along with the world's first one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system, was all birthed in Mystery Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel, and all the occult religions and, and worship of Baal worship and, and everything else. And the first new world order was created at, in ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel. So we could say with great accuracy that 
one of the birthplaces spiritually of the new world order and the one world government, one world religion, and one world economic system is ancient Babylon. And that spiritual occultic system is, exists in our present day. The, glow, the Great Reset is simply the incarnation of mystery Babylon and the demonic forces that surrounded the Tower of Babel being manifested in our world today. It's the same collection of high-level demonic principalities and powers. And what they were after was a global government, just like the, the Great Reset. You see, here's the plan of the Great Reset and the globalists in, 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 in just a nanosecond. You create chaos. You, you artificially create diseases. You create pandemics and vaccinations. You create a totalitarian, all-powerful medical control network. That's your excuse or your pretense for global domination and for the spreading of a nanochip implant or a biochip implant and going into a cashless society. That's your pretense, your cover story. So you use that as a means to eventually get everybody to accept the mark of the beast and to worship the Antichrist. Okay, so um, God comes down to ancient Babylon, and he knows what's in the hearts of the people. He knows that what they're really doing is worshiping Lucifer. He knows that this is what they really want, is to have themselves worship as God. They want to worship Lucifer as God, and they want to become God with technology and, and occult power. And God uh, is offended by, by their plans and their actions, so God curses them. So uh, this is what it says in verse 5. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Now, the reason they're using the words the sons of men is the Bible is clearly delineating the fact that these sons of men were the sons who were the genetic descendants of 100% human being men and women DNA. Thus the words, uh, the sons of men. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over all the face of the earth. So God confuses their language and scatters them across the earth. And that is a judgment against the first one world government and ancient Babylon. Now, they, the, the people secretly in their hearts, they, they want to worship Lucifer. You see, this is the worship of Satan, with just using fancy names. Now, I'm going to read you something else which will reveal even more about what's happening in our world today. This is Paul McGuire. Again, now, when we turn to Genesis chapter 6, we read about God's judgment on mankind and what, why Noah had to build an ark is in the Genesis account. 
and that was to preserve 100% the genetic purity, the genetic integrity of pure human being DNA and pure human being genetic codes, as well as animal and fish and bird genetic codes, and they're not to be interbred. They're not to be mixed. Okay, so in in Genesis chapter 6, it says, Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, the sons of God, the definition of the sons of God means the fallen angels, uh, the benai Elohim. The sons of God were fallen angels. They were uh, angels that eventually became the Rephaim and Nephilim. So the sons of God, or the fallen angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves all of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward. When the, when the sons of God, now the sons of God again means the fallen angels, came into the daughters of men. That means fallen angels had intimate relations biologically with human women. And they produced a, a defiled offspring, and they bore children to them. Well, yeah, but they weren't human being in DNA children. They were a, a hybrid species of an illicit mixture of human DNA being illicitly mixed with fallen angel DNA, and they were a hybrid species. So their babies were no longer human. They, they were demonic, and they could never be saved. Um, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord God was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So then it talks about the earth being filled with violence and corruption, and how Noah and his family and wives had not corrupted themselves. And that meant in a variety of ways, but specifically highlighting they, were, they had not allowed their DNA code or their genetic code to be corrupted. So God judges the world with a flood to, to literally eradicate or remove every single animal, bird, man, demon, whatever, whatever living thing is, was on the earth at that time. God sent a flood to wipe that being out that had corrupted DNA so it couldn't reproduce more creatures with corrupted DNA. And um, so they flooded the earth and wiped out all the DNA that was corrupted. Now, there's another account in the Bible that's very uh, closely integrated with this. Mount Hermon, which when you fly into Israel, it's over to the uh, left. Mount Hermon, snow on the top of the mountain. Mount Hermon was a high mountain near Israel where 200 fallen angels descended upon Mount Hermon in ancient times, and the 200 fallen angels were attracted to human female women, and the 200 fallen angels mated 
with the 200, uh, with two, 200 human women, and they produced a hybrid race, which was a, an illicit mixture of human female DNA being mixed with the corrupted fallen angel DNA and producing the Rephaim or Nephilim species, which is that they're not human. These are non-human species. They're, they're fallen angel species. And um, when these fallen angels descended, this is the critical thing to understand. You have the spreading of corrupt DNA, just like you have in our time. But these fall, and this is a critical thing to think about. And I open this up, I explain it, I teach on it in my books in successive order, like A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, like The Day the Dollar Died, like uh, Conquering the Matrix, like The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, like Power from One High, and other books available at a discount at paulmcguire.us. And you will see that in my research, which I've made it really easy for you to understand, when the 200 angels descended upon Mount Hermon, these were known as the Enochian angels after Enoch in the Bible. They were known as the Enochian angels. And they gave technology, science, knowledge, advanced mathematics, advanced physics, uh, how to how to women, how to put on makeup in, in exotic ways, agriculture. I mean, they gave mankind very sophisticated technology, science, futuristic weapons, so on and so forth. I mean, these fallen angels had access to highly advanced weaponry and futuristic knowledge. And, and so they gave it to mankind. They made a deal with mankind. Now. Mankind is still involved in this illegal deal between the fallen angels and uh, certain categories of uh, Luciferians or the globalist elite or whatever, because you take political parties, you take financial power, you take media power, you take scientific power, and there's also, there's often a secret and hidden relationship that's not observed in plain daylight, but secretly, there's been a deal made between some elite group of people. A deal is made between them and the fallen angels for a variety of purposes. Often, it's for advanced technology, supernatural powers, supernatural wisdom and knowledge, scientific weaponry, etc., etc. So the Nazis. What made the Nazis powerful was not just their engineering and mathematics and discipline. Adolf Hitler was demon-possessed, number one. Number two, the highest-ranking Nazi generals were all members of dark, satanic, Nazi occult secret societies. And they summoned, through rituals and the use of psychedelic drugs and human sacrifice and the practice of Satanism, and they had secret societies like the Vril Society, the Thule Society, etc., etc. And these secret societies and the demonic angels gave the Nazis advanced rocket science, advanced uh, time travel, at least blueprints. They, they, the Nazis got together with these um, clairvoyant females who, who could telepathically write down the blueprints of futuristic weapons of war and scientific mind control on a mass level. 
And the Nazis then began to harness and develop what was known as the Vril Force, V-R-I-L. And I explain the secret, the seek some of the secrets behind the Vril Force in my book, Power from On High. Things that most of you have never heard about. Because the Nazis were using the Vril Force, because the Nazis believed that their ancient genetic descendants, it's kind of a variation of the fallen angel story, but the Nazis believed that um, their ancient descendants had landed upon planet Earth on a, from a giant UFO and settled in the Nordic countries, Scandinavian countries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they knew in advance that there was going to be a global flood. So the, 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 the descendants of the Vikings and, and, and the Scandinavian races, who the Nazis believed had the DNA of these advanced alien races, they headed towards both Antarctica and the North Pole, where there were deep underground, deep, massive, vast, spacious caverns. And they built hidden secret super civilizations, including the storage of mass UFO aircraft and, and spacecraft and weaponry. And they were, they were going to ride out the flood by going deep, deep underground. Uh, under Antarctica and the North Pole, where they believe their genetic ancestors first first came to Earth and, and entered those places. And so, as I explained in my books that I gave you the names of a second ago, there's an occult, satanic lineage line that goes from the mountains of ancient Tibet, where the ancient Tibetan masters, because the occultic symbol of the Nazi swastika originated from the occultic monasteries in ancient Tibet. And the Tibetan masters cultivated and developed all kinds of scientific, advanced science and supernatural power. Those ancient Tibetan teachings that the Nazis used as assets, these ancient occultic Tibetan teachings, Adolf Hitler sent down teams of scientists and researchers to gather up all the manuscripts and leftover technology and anything he could get his hands on so he could place Nazi Germany into the future in terms of warfare. So um, what happened was that this, is what, this was the supernatural force that was fueling the Nazis and their plans for global domination. Their plans for global domination were fueled by this Nazi, Tibetan, occultic, Vril society, Thule society connection, which was a supernatural connection. And so when the American military-industrial complex, it was towards the end of World War II, and we were competing uh, with Russia to get the best and smartest uh, Nazi rocket scientists, Nazi genetic scientists, and Nazi mind control scientists. So we were in competition. And even though these men were very evil, we brought into the United States under Operation Paperclip, we secretly brought in over 200 Nazi rocket scientists, Nazi uh, genetic scientists, and Nazi mind control scientists. One of those scientists who was very famous was Werner von Braun, uh, a Nazi rocket scientist, a Nazi occultist, and eventually Werner von Braun became the head of NASA and the U.S. space program and the U.S. 
rocket program along with other high-level Nazis. So you see this linkage, this unholy connection between occult powers and science and engineering. Now, one final thing, and I'll probably have to pick it up on another edition of the Paul McGuire Report. You need to educate yourself about this, because God did not create his people to be powerless in, in face of enemies that are filled. If the enemies of the church are having to fight spiritual battles with high-level principalities and powers that tap into demonic power, then God would have, and he did, already given his people, through a knowledge of the Word of God, very high-level supernatural power from the genuine and biblical Holy Spirit, the dunamis, power from on high, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and spiritual weapons, and spiritual and supernatural technology, like the angelic armies and like the chariots of fire. You see, God doesn't leave his people naked on the great spiritual battlefield. If you're naked on the great spiritual battlefield, that's because you rejected the Word of God. Adam and Eve discovered that after they rejected the Word of God in the Garden of Eden, they were ashamed because they were naked, and they were powerless because they rejected the Word of God. Now, in our time period, when the Church of Jesus Christ rejects the Word of God, it becomes spiritually and supernaturally naked or powerless. And the demonic powers are free to pulverize, attack, enslave, and destroy the children of God because the children of God rejected the Word of God and all the the benefits of being a child of God. God has already given us the supernatural power that we need, power from on high, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, the mind of Christ. God has already given us everything we need to defeat our spiritual enemies in whatever dimension we find ourselves having to engage them in the invisible realm. This stuff is not hard to understand. If you will be obedient and and read these books and, and teach them, the Holy Spirit will download into you as you're teaching a supernatural understanding of what this means to you and what it means to the world that we're in. God does not want his people to be deprived of, of wisdom and knowledge. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. We are in a all-out spiritual war. The return of Jesus Christ, although I'm not going to name a precise date, the return of Jesus Christ is on the horizon. What day, what year, I don't know, neither does anybody else, but it's drawing closer and closer. Our job is to occupy until he comes. Our job is to be ready until he comes. Our job is to be engaged in spiritual warfare and be obedient to God, because God has called us here on earth to win souls for Jesus Christ, to make disciples of all nations, to minister to people, to set people free. God has called us to defeat Lucifer and the fallen angels, and God has called us to win souls for Jesus Christ and teach the truth to the world regarding DNA and genetics and the danger of depriving yourself of salvation. All of these things are critical, and this ministry is purposed to do these things. But in order to do these things, I need to expand our technology. I need to strengthen our social media platforms. I need to get and develop new technologies and new media platforms so we can expand our outreach of of truth. And when we expand our outreach, 
with truth, with your help and your prayers, we can reap a massive spiritual last day's soul harvest. And that's what God wants. And the Word of God says is that God says he is a rewarder of, of, the, of those that win souls. So if you're a, a, someone who wins souls, either through partnership with me or a ministry like ours, or you are winning souls by yourself, however you're winning souls, you share in the reward that God gives out in the last days. There's a special reward that God gives to all of his children who win souls for Jesus Christ, because that's the most important thing we can do while we're here on earth. So visit paulmcguire.us. Make a decision to ask God to reveal to you what you can give financially, how you can be a prayer warrior, how you can spread the word, the word that we're spreading far and wide, and then you can donate safely and electronically at paulmcguire.us or the check, whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. I need your prayers, I need your support, and I need you to stand with me in the spiritual battle. That's why I'm here, that's why you're here. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. Mm-hmm.